Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 24 of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your host, Raj. Hope you're having a splendid day. I am having an amazing day myself, sitting here with coffee and talking about how awesome our guests are. Uh, I'm living the life in this very moment right now, and I'm super excited, especially for this week's guest, uh, Miss Rhonda Britton. Oh my God, I, I don't have enough uh, time to talk about how much I love Rhonda. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to try and keep this short, but Rhonda is just, she's, well, I'll start off with the basics. She's a master life coach. Uh, she's the creator of the Fearless Living Institute. She's an Emmy Award winner. Uh, for um, for a reality show, and she's also appeared on Oprah twice. Uh, just just to start the set the stage for uh, Rhonda and all of her amazingness. Uh, but and most recently, she is also the host of the incredible podcast, The Master Coach Mindset, uh, where she helps coaches be be amazing coaches. And just because she's had uh, so much experience in the space, and she's helped so many people herself. Uh, and she's helped herself get through a lot. So Rhonda, essentially, uh, what I love about Rhonda so much is, and you'll find out more as you listen to the episode, but this was one of the, one of my favorite episodes in a sense, because we talk about one of my favorite topics, which is fear um, and how to use fear uh, in your life. I think most of us process fear in a very negative way. Uh, we either run from it or we try like hiding it or we try, um, you know, it's, it's almost like we're, we're trying to swallow it instead of just letting it be and learning to use fear as something productive. And what I love most about Rhonda is she almost like flipped the narrative of fear for me. She made me realize most that fear isn't something to run from. It's something to run towards and something to acknowledge and something to shine into the light so that you can understand how your fear shows up in your life and use that to then create a better life for yourself that isn't absent of fear, more so fearless, uh, which is allowing you to live fearlessly. So um, I don't know. I, I just, it was, it was a really, really, really amazing conversation. And I expected nothing less from someone who's as brilliant as Rhonda, who's had a, years of not only um, going through horrific, uh, like one of the most, God, one of the most horrific experiences as a child, uh, who then spent the next 20 years battling her own fear um, to then helping others do the same. So uh, Rhonda's, this this entire episode was littered with just incredible gems dropped left and right uh, that I know helped me and was very therapeutic for me to just have this conversation with Rhonda. And I hope that you guys walk away with some incredible insights for yourselves and in how fear shows up in your own life. So 
Um, but before we open up the, the floodgates for Rhonda to share uh, the path to fearless living, um, if you haven't already, subscribe to our show on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to our episodes. Just subscribe, leave us some feedback, leave us a review, uh, good or bad. I want to hear from you. Send me an email. My email is chiefbrewer at javapress.com. Java Press is an E at the end, uh, and maybe that's a story for another day. Uh, but uh, but yeah, let get get in touch with me. Let me know what you like or don't like. Uh, these episodes are for you. Um, I, I I love recording these episodes, obviously, and I love tailoring them to uh, what's going to be most helpful for me and our and you. Really, it's, this is for you. Um, this is for all of us. We want to be our best selves. And so whatever we, you need, uh, if you tell me, I'm going to make it a priority to weave that into conversation. So anyways, um, so uh, I'm going to stop talking now and bring Rhonda onto the stage. Uh, so without further ado, here is Ms. Rhonda Britton. Hello, hello. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your host, Raj. Oh man, who do I have here today? Oh, hello, Rhonda. How are you doing? Hey, Raj. I'm very good. And I love the name of your podcast, Stay Grounded, because that is a critical key to success. And I love the name. It makes me just go, yeah, I got to stay grounded. It makes me into, it puts me into action right away, Raj. That, uh, that's honestly, that's the reason I even uh, called it the Stay Grounded podcast, just to, just to get that actual feedback. So now I'm even happier. Can we just end the episode now? <laughs> I, think, I think everything from there, we're at a peak right now. Don't oh! Stay grounded, stay grounded. I mean, I don't care how spiritual you get. I don't care how much personal development you have. I don't care what your background is. If you don't stay grounded, you cannot manifest. You cannot make things happen. Otherwise, you get too airy-fairy. So that's why I love it, Raj. Well, I love you. Thank you so much for saying that. And that actually is a great segue into just the conversation that we're going to be having. So, Rhonda, tell me more. Um, I already gave you a brief introduction uh, prior to this, but Fearless Living, uh, how did how did it come to be where you are now and and just uh, who you are as an individual because I think you're pretty amazing so well, wow so um, fearless living came to be trust me it was not my idea um, you know I don't know if you believe in God or spirit or intuition or universe or light or whatever you call that thing that's bigger than us but fearless living basically came to me um, and it was really clear, fearless living. And I'm like, mm, yeah, but I can't do that. I really didn't feel worthy of it. And I also didn't know, um, I wasn't well enough in my mind, right? I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel healthy enough. I, I felt like my life, I was too, still too messed up. And so when this came through me, um, you know, gifted to me, handed to me, um, I basically like looked around the room and said, I think you've got the wrong person. And it was really interesting because I was in the room with only one other person. Right. And, and this download came and it's like the, literally I like the, it, it like the heavens opened up. I got all this information and I, and then the world shut and the, you know, the heavens shut. And I looked around like, who is this for? Because this cannot be for me. And so I'm looking at my friend who's in the room with me and they're like, blah, blah, blah. They don't even know what just happened. And I am freaked out to say the least because I am not up to the task that I was just imparted. Right. 
you know, I was pretty freaked out because like I said, I didn't really feel worthy of it. And I was just too messed up because prior to that, you know, just like most of us, I had gone through a very, very difficult childhood to say the least. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's hard to get on the other side of a difficult childhood. Right. And I had been working on myself and I'd been reading books and taking classes and, you know, doing everything I thought I could do. None of it really made me feel whole or none of it made me feel like I wasn't still damaged or none of it made me feel like I was still good enough. Like all that, all the books I read and workshops I attended, all those things were good information and it, and it was inspirational and it, you know, gave me tools but fundamentally, I didn't feel better about myself. You know, I didn't feel better. And so that's really where Fearless, came, Fearless Living came in because I decided when I got this message, finally, when I was willing to own it and take it on, is that fear is at the crux of everything. And if you do not know how to master fear, if you don't know how you, how you work when fear happens, if you don't know the process of how fear happens in your life, then fear is always going to trick you because fear is smarter than you are, more educated than you are. It's more knowledgeable than you are. It knows everything you know. So it will always win if you don't, if you don't actually see it when it's trying to take you down, right? So it is invisible, it is insidious, and it is seductive. So when I started understanding how fear worked, that really changed my whole life. Mm -hmm. It really opened up my whole life. And I was able to, um, actually start accomplishing the things that I had one day dreamed I could and they started becoming reality, which blew my mind because you know, I'm from Northern Michigan. I'm from Northern Minnesota. It's like, I'm from a little tiny town, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you actually said something really interesting. The way you describe fear is almost like it's, uh, it's, it's like a person. Um, can you kind of elaborate more on that? Cause I find that super interesting. Just the way you even just, it sounded like a, like a, like your alter ego or like a, like you're the person who's exactly you on the other side, but just stopping you. Uh, I don't know just how it sounded to me. Yeah. I mean, I think if you think about our, our, our the neuroscience, right. And, um, and yes, you can think of it as a person. I actually have something that I've created called the wheel of fear and the wheel of freedom. And basically the way you, when you operate out of reaction, when you operate out of your amygdala and your hippocampus, when you operate out of, you know, the back of your brain rather than the front of your brain, right? This is the, this is where we think, this is where we decide, this is where we make choice. This is where we're on automatic, right? Well, when we're on automatic, it is automatically going to be filtered. Your choice are going to be automatically filtered to keep the number one goal is to keep you safe. So yeah. the challenge with fear is that, you know, it wants to keep you safe. And the way it keeps you safe is stuck and the same. And in the past, mm -hmm. because the only way that fear can guarantee your safety is to repeat something from the past because it knows the ending. It knows the result. So you were safe when you, a guy broke up with you. You were safe when a girl broke up with you. You were safe. You were safe when you lost that job, even though you were miserable, you sat on the couch for three weeks, but you were safe. Woo! Let's do that again. So yeah. fear only filters through safety. That's the only thing it cares about. And um, so if you don't understand your fear responses, if you don't understand what safety really feels like to you from a, uh, from an expansive view, like I said, it'll always win. So yeah, you can think of it as uh, the part of you that um, I want to say doesn't know any better that because um, because the, the other thing that I always like to say about fear Raj is that fear loves you. Yeah. That fear isn't out to get you. You know, everybody makes fear the bad guy. Fear isn't 
bad. It's not out to get you. It's just doing what it does. You know, love does what it does. Fear does what it does. So, you know, fear is just doing its job and its job is to keep you safe. And it just doesn't know that you're 32, 46 or 57. It doesn't know that still five, you know, how do you discern between love and fear? Like when, when that comes up, like, you know, it, it, for me, at least that's always been my issue is, is, is seeing the difference and then taking an action based on the wrong interpretation of what I'm experiencing. <laughs> that's, it's very thing. Like look, most people ask me, you know, how do I know it's my intuition talking or is it fear? Like, how do I know how to make a decision? That's a, a lot of people don't know when to act, you know? And that's the other thing about getting to know how you process fear, because if you understood how you process fear, you could identify fear. So for instance, mm-hmm. let's say that, um, you're feeling desperate about a situation in your life. You're feeling desperate. Well, some people use that desperation to motivate them to get them out of that situation, right? Like, so then it's like, see, desperation's good. It moved me out of that situation. Yeah. But it didn't move you out of the situation out of freedom. It moved you out of that situation out of fear, right? Yeah. So desperation, I know if I feel desperate, me, Rhonda Britton, this is me. It may not be true for you. You might have another feeling. But I know when I feel desperate, I do not act. I do not take an action because I know if I feel desperate, I am going to choose from a lesser version of myself. I'm going to choose from the safe version of myself. I'm going to choose from the reactionary version of myself. So I I don't want to do that. I also don't want to push a rock up a hill. Now, I like to work hard. I want to dig down. I want to work hard. That's how we feel satisfied. That's how we feel good about ourselves is when we work hard. It's not about easy. It's about we want to dig in. That's, That's what gives us satisfaction. Yeah. So, you know, all this talk about like, make it easy. Everything should be easy. It's like, yes, easy is nice. But the only way you know who you are is by digging in. Yeah. So, you know, so a lot of people mistake. Um, oh, well, all I want is easy. All I want is simple. All I want is I want it to be like, they don't necessarily want it to be handed it to them, but they secretly want it to be handed to them. Because um, <laughs> they do. They, they come in with a, a, an attitude of deserving. And, um you know, that doesn't work. That's going to be fear-based because you're always going to walk around with a chip on your shoulder and feel entitled. So, so going back to your question, one of the key things that I ask my clients is when you are going to take an action, I want you to imagine that you have all the money, all the time, all the love in the world, right? We want to do all that prep work. And then, you know, what's, what comes forth from you? What's the decision that you would make? And also fear always comes with a little bit of shame, Fear always shows up with, well, you're stupid if you don't do that, or you're going to lose if you don't get going, or I don't know what, who do you think you are? So fear always has a dialogue of shame attached to it. So I'm not going to do what fear is baiting me to do because that is going to keep me small, stuck the same. It is not going to help me be fearless. It's going to do anything but make me fear fearless. So I'm not going to make those choices. I'm going to do not the opposite because that's the other trick of um, self-help. You know, everyone says there's an opposite. You don't want to be a loser, be a winner. Actually, opposites don't work either. Opposites are just the other side of fear. So you really have to find your own path your own individual fearless path. Yeah. But, but fear feels so good. It, <laughs> it, it feels so comfortable. Um, yeah, it does. Sometimes it is easier to sit there. How do you, how do you break that? How do you, how do you, how do you shatter that? And cause there, there are times where I think everybody is, is fueled by, by a thirst for fulfillment or like they want to do something great, but 
fear just feels good. Um, well, fear is comfortable. Yeah. Right? It, it doesn't necessarily feel good, but it feels comfortable. And then you have friends and family and everybody, your whole world that you've created is inside that same box. Yeah. You know, one of the big, big things that I've noticed over the last 23 years of teaching people how to be fearless is that a lot of times people don't take that action, Raj, because they're worried about abandoning their friends and family. Mm. They're worried about what their family and friends are going to think. Even though their friends and family look supportive, you know, they are really worried. And they're really also worried that they can't keep it up, right? So, you know, talking about it is more exciting than doing it because doing it might include failure. As long as I keep talking about it, that's, you're a man, you're awesome. Wow, look at you go. But you're not really getting anything done. Yeah. So I always That's, tell people, don't be talking about things. Do it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it because talking just seeps your energy out and you think you're actually doing it and you're not. So action is the fuel for getting yourself to break that comfort. Taking action. Taking action. But this is the key. It's any action, not just the perfect action. Mm. So it's any action. So it's about interrupting your neurological pathways, your neural pathways, and inserting new pathways, right? So that's the whole thing about what I do with the wheel of fear and the wheel of freedom, right? So, so let's just, for a sake, um, here's how I view fear, is that there's a lot of symptoms of fear. So let's say I worry, I get overwhelmed, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a procrastinator, right? And I get anxious, right? Those are all my symptoms of fear. I'm anxious, I know I have fear, because you can't have anxiety without fear. Yeah. I procrastinate, can't procrastinate without fear. Uh, perfectionist, can't be a perfectionist without fear, right? Yeah. And then overwhelmed, and I don't remember the other one I picked. Uh, something, I don't remember what it was. But let's say those five. Let's say that I say to myself, you know, my number one problem is procrastination, Raj. So I'm going to go to procrastination school and I am going to learn how to break procrastination. And so I am really proud of myself. I do all the exercises. I work with my coach, Raj, and it's amazing. Right. And so I've got these fear responses, but now I've knocked down procrastination. Ha ha! I am winning. Right. But Raj, <laughs> you know, what's going to happen, right? You know, what's going to happen. Another symptom shows up in its place. So this is the thing, Raj. Most yeah. people think that this is their problem, this is their problem, this is their problem, this is their problem, and this is their problem. No, those are just symptoms. Their fear is their problem. Down mm. at the root is the problem, right? And so if you can't identify what your core fear is, you will be running around trying to solve little fear responses, which is what most people do. If I, I got to stop my anxiety, now I got to stop my procrastination, I got to stop my perfectionism. <laughs> and all those are symptoms. Yeah, yeah. How do you find that root core fear? Like what are some, what are some things that, that I can do that anybody can do to, to figure that out? Because you're right. I mean, even chasing symptoms just seems like putting a bandaid on a broken arm. Um, it'll, it, it'll feel good, but uh, you're not really fixing anything. No. And you know, that's the whole point. You know, people come to me, a lot of people come to me because they've tried other things, right? They've, they've tried other programs. They've, they thought they, you know, went to this thing and they thought it would work and they felt good when they read the book or they felt good in the workshop. But when they graduated or they left the program, they didn't they didn't know how to maintain it because they didn't understand how to get past their fears. Right. So, you know, it's why I created Fearless Living is 
I want you to understand how fear works because when you understand how your particular fear works, because your fear is different than my fear, your particular fear works, then every single thing you've ever done in your life, Raj, every business you've opened, every book you've read, every workshop you've taken, now you can actually extract the marrow from that and actually utilize it in your life. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of books and a bunch of workshops and a bunch of classes on the side and they're good and you look at them and go, wow, you know, but you don't feel different, right? You don't experience yourself different. So when I, when people go through um, my fearless living training program, which is an online course, or they come to a live event called fearless foundation workshop live. And I, I teach that. Then we go through a whole series of exercises that help you identify what your core fear is yours individually. So, and once you, this is the normal reaction of people when they find their core fear. The normal reaction is like, everything becomes clear and you now understand why you did every single thing in your life. You understand why you broke up, why you got married, why you quit school, why you quit that graduation program. You know what, you know, like you understand why you dated the wrong person. Like everything's connected. Everything is now clear. Now imagine the, the amount of peace of mind you would have instead of beating yourself up for every decision because fear takes away your beating. You have no right to beat yourself up anymore because now it's fear. It's not you. You're not crazy. You're not stupid. You're not weak, right? So these are some of the things when you understand how fear works, it takes away a lot of the shame and blame and complaining and self-judgment and beating yourself up that people swarm in too much. You're so, like, you're, you're attractive. you're you're attracted because you're you're enlightened almost like you've got like an aura about you so let me let me tell you this let me ask you this so what do you do every day like what do you do to consistently when fear comes up um address it and then keep doing what you want to be doing how do you how do you how do you handle fear on a day-to-day basis well first of all i love fear Mm. i love fear so when fear comes up Um, my first job is to become aware of it, right? That's the first job. And most people don't become aware of it until they're in self-destructive mode, right? They're sitting on the couch for three weeks. You know, they're isolating. They're um, overworked or underworked, right? So, you know, or drink too much, right? We go out and have a bender. We're on the 10th hour of a, you know, binge watching, right? So we move into self-destructive. We don't notice it right away because it's so seductive and so... Let's just say that fear knows our voice and knows, like I said, it knows everything we know. It knows our spirituality. It knows our education. It knows our knowledge. It knows everything we know. So as you get more spiritual, it gets more spiritual. As you get smarter, it gets smarter. Because we all know those guys and girls, that those people that meditate an hour a day and are still jerks, right? Still, They're still jerks. They meditate an hour a day, but they're not getting the juice from it, right? They're doing the action, but they're actually not getting the benefit, Right. So um, the first thing that I do is one, I must become aware of it. And that's where fear responses come in. So an exercise that everybody could do um, is start paying attention to how they respond to fear. So do you get impatient? Do you have what negative thoughts go through your mind? Um, Do you start accusing people? Do you uh, overwork? Like what are the things you do? when life's not working for you and you know those, you know, your fear responses. 
You know, so start writing them down. And this is the key, Raj. I don't want you to have three fear responses. That is not enlightenment. I want you to have 50 fear responses because the more fear responses you can identify, the quicker you'll identify fear. I had a quick question just on that. So the way you're saying this is that every single negative or every emotion you face stems from fear. Is that what you're saying? I'm going to say it. I'm going to add a little component to that. Every feeling you have and every value you hold can be filtered through fear or freedom. Okay. So let's talk. So grief is not fear-based. Grief is a, an amazing emotion that's freedom-based, right? But let's talk about something simple like anger, right? I mean, there's a lot of studies. Oh, anger is bad, right? Um, Martin Luther King Jr. changed the world because he got angry, right? So there is a good use to anger. So you have anger and are you filtering it? Is it giving you a right to hurt others, hurt yourself, lash out, uh, you know, run over people? Like, is it giving you permission to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it? Like, is anger, again, you asked earlier, right? We talked about love versus fear, right? Is it opening your heart or closing your heart? Because when you're angry and you're using it in freedom, you are going to be in action and your heart actually expands. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's use one other simple one, integrity, right? Let's use a value. So now we just use a feeling called anger and that anger can be used in fear of freedom. So getting angry isn't of itself bad. It's how you filter that anger, right? Same thing with values. So Raj, if somebody came up to you and said, oh, that Raj, he has such integrity. How would you feel? I'd feel pretty, pretty awesome. Like I'd want to press off my shoulders. Yeah. Like, and, and what if, you know, I bet we know people that really pride themselves on their integrity, right? Like I have integrity, right? So integrity sounds like an amazing value. Who would not want that? But actuality is actually, actually that value can be filtered through fear. So how would integrity look filtered through fear? It would look like rigidity. It would look like never being able to change your mind. It would look like, I said I would do it and I'm going to do it. Even if it kills me, I'm doing it, right? Like there's no ability to renegotiate, no ability to change your mind, no ability to have conversation. Integrity is integrity and I said so. And you get very rigid and actually close-minded, right? So when you say integrity, well, that's good in theory, But I bet we all know if we thought about it, somebody that has a value of integrity that actually we're like, uh, that is like really rigid and really closed. And that doesn't open your heart and that doesn't make them a better person. And that doesn't connect them with others that keeps them rigid, closed, victim, sacrifice. Right. So every single feeling, belief, et cetera. And thought can actually be filtered through fear or filtered through freedom. And that's where your choice comes in, Raj. You have a choice on how to filter that, which is like, like that's the most amazing thing, how much choice we have, because we don't actually, I know for me, most of my life, I didn't feel like I had any choice. I felt like that's just the way I was and my character, that's just who I am, right? Does that make sense? It does. It does. And that, God, that's so empowering. Like, I cannot say how, because now you're looking at this concept of, like, I mean, I'm looking at my own values, like my own core values or the core values of my company or like why I want to be perceived a certain way. And 
you're right. I mean, if I want to be perceived as somebody who's this, that can be because of something that's come from a past. It's come from me wanting to be seen a certain way because of something that's, that's deep rooted in me. That's right. That's, that's an unbelievable way to look at that. Um, How do you consistently then, okay. So is being driven by fear a bad thing? Is it? Yes. Yes. I'll tell you why. Now, don't get me wrong, Raj. A lot of successful people are driven by fear, right? So we can't equate fear with no success. A lot of people become super successful driven by fear, right? But this is what fear never gives you. If you are driven by fear, fear will let you be successful, but it will never let you be satisfied Mm. ever. So you can be driven by fear and many times we are, right? I got to work. I don't have any money in the bank, right? Money in the bank, don't have any fear, right? I all got to make some money, right? But we can shift how we do that so that it can empower us and that we can be satisfied because fear never lets you be satisfied ever. Because once fear gets a hold, you know, it's like an alcoholic. It's like more, 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 more. And then if you become successful driven by fear, the noose gets tighter around your neck, right? Because now you don't know how to change your business model and how to get you out of this mess because now you have achieved based on fear. And it's like, uh, I don't want to do it this way anymore. And you will be afraid to change because you'll be afraid you'll lose everything. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Does this make sense? It does make sense. So for somebody who hasn't, I, I think back to when I first started my company, I started my company because I was afraid that I was going to do something I hated for the rest of my life. <laughs> and so that was a fear-based drive for me to start my company. Yes. But I'm going to say, but what did you, what did you want to do? So tell us the freedom-based version of that. I wanted to make my own choices. I wanted to, you wanted to be empowered. You wanted to love what you do for a living. You wanted to be in your passion. You wanted to be in purpose. So fear might've been the driver, but you didn't just pick anything. You didn't just pick anything. You didn't go, yeah. oh, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna start a business. You probably thought about it. Yeah. And so you made a decision. You're right. Right. So fear so, might've fear started the conversation, but it sure as hell didn't. It didn't make the choice for you. Yeah. Right. It didn't make the choice for you. So yeah, fear might come up and be like, well, you know, your life is going to suck if you keep going this way. Right. And then, and you know, to be honest, fear is really happy about that. It doesn't care that your life gets better actually. (laughs) Um, Cause again, remember safety is its motto, your passion and purpose. It's not its aim. That's freedom. Fear wants you to keep safe. It doesn't care if you live your passion. It doesn't care that you live your purpose. It could give a crap. Okay. It just wants to keep you safe. Freedom, on the other hand, wants that turn on, right? That wants that love, right? We go back to fear versus love. It wants that love, your love to be shared, love to be expanded, connecting, you know, just connecting with each other. That's why our number one human need is connection and belonging. We need each other. And fear will tell us other people aren't safe where freedom says to us, let's check it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How does, how do you cultivate uh, a propensity towards freedom over a propensity to fear? 
because it seems like human nature is your, your, your safety is going to be number one always, no matter how evolved we get. That's right. So fear is going to be the natural tendency. How do we train ourselves to be more open to freedom? Um, well, we must actually make decisions in our free prefrontal lobe, right? We must make decisions. So we must become aware and we must make decisions. So people who are not aware, if you don't know there's a problem, you're not gonna change it, hmm. right? I mean, we all know people on the news, you know, we can get on the news every day and see people who have, they, they have no, they have no desire to be awake or aware. They don't have that desire. Yeah. So the first thing you have to decide is, are you willing to step into this journey called fearless living? Are you willing to step in and say, I'm willing to wake up? Yeah. Because along with that waking up is not only passion and purpose, but also when you wake up to what's possible, a part of that is you will look back and you will be like, oh no, I did that, I did this, I did that, I did this, right? So you must go through the feelings of regret, feelings of forgiveness, feelings of letting go, feelings of surrender. And that stops a lot of people because they yeah. don't want to move forward because they're so ashamed of their past, right? Or they're running from their past. And really, in order to wake up, you actually have to be willing to let go of that shame, let go of that blame, let go of the regret, let, you know, forgive instead, release, surrender, et cetera, while you're moving forward. So the first thing is awareness. That's the first thing. The other, I'll give a couple more tools while we're together today, Raj. The next question I ask myself, because you asked me earlier, which goes along with what we're talking about now is, well, wait a minute, how do I start living in freedom, right? So the first thing is those fear responses that we talked about, just starting yeah. to pay attention. And then the, the most, one of the most important questions I ask myself is, is that true or am I making it up? Is that true or am I making it up? So let's say I have a client and they say, Rhonda, my boss doesn't like me. I need a raise. My boss doesn't like me. I have to quit my job. Let's say they yeah. come to say that, right? And I go, well, do you know for sure your boss? I mean, is that, are you making that up or is that true? Well, no, I, I just know that yeah. she just hates me, right? And I go, just well, know. right, I just know. I just know, right? Which, yeah. by the way, it's usually your trigger that's happening, not even about them most of the time. And if you're not clean, you'll always think it's, it's them and not you, and it's mostly you. Yep. And so I say to my client, well, did they say they don't like you? No, I just know. I just know. I go, so what's the benefit of walking around your office having the feeling that your boss doesn't like you? How, how does that affect your mood? How does that affect your ability to be successful? How does that affect your action taking? How does that affect your conversations? Oh, well, it affects everything because I'm afraid to speak up and I'm afraid to go ask for a raise. I'm like, yeah. So what's the benefit of believing something that is manufactured by your own fear. Mm. Now again, your boss may not like you. That's right. He, he may not like you, but you know what? You don't actually know that you're actually making it up. Yeah. And then you're living from that story out and it is impacting you. And that person may have no idea what's going on. They just think, by the way, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because then you're going to start doing crappier at work, blaming your boss. And the boss is like, oh, that guy, that guy's got, I got to get rid of that guy. Right. But it actually stemmed from your, you. Right. So I always ask myself when I'm like upset or impatient or frustrated, I always stop and go, 
am I making this up or is it a fact? Am I making this up or is this true? And I got to tell you, 99.9999999% of the time, Rob, <laughs> I am making it up. Making it up. I am making it up. Right? Uh, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I can't think of how many times where I thought a situation was going to be terrifying, but the second I actually go through it, uh, I mean, I look back and I'm like, why was I so terrified? Why was I losing sleep over this decision or this conversation or this or hurting, hurting this person? But really it was, no one was hurt. It was just me playing this reel in my head of something that I can't really explain. Well, and, and I will say that it wasn't you doing that. It was fear doing that through you. Yeah. Because you in your true nature, you in your love place, you in your power, you in your courage, you in your fearlessness would not do that. So I start separating my clients from them and fear. Like you said earlier, it's like it's two people. It's like, yeah, I want you to kind of be able to separate yourself and go, oh, that's fear talking. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I don't believe that. I would never say that. I run to Britain in my wholeness, trueness, belief system, what I know to be, I would never say that, but I just said it. So was that me saying it? No, fear said that because fear wanted to keep me safe. Okay, wait a minute, stop, wait, 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 wait a minute. And then I can look back and go, okay, where was I triggered? Where was my fear response, right? And I can slow it all down because that's the other thing. You must slow everything down, Raj. So it is going to feel like you are in mud you know, like as you start learning this, because fear wants you to spawn quickly, right? It's fast. It's reactive, right? But freedom takes patience and power and time and space. And freedom has all the time in the world. All the time in the world. Fear doesn't have any time. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, right? Freedom is like, oh, yeah, I'll get to, you know, I'm good. <laughs> right? And so... When I feel that's something else that I know that I'm in fear, one of my fear responses is I start getting anxious about time, right? I'm, I'm going to lose something, right? Oh, I'm anxious. I know that's not me. That's not true. All that is made up manufactured, right? It's all manufactured. So, I, you know, to keep me anxious, off kilter, and not in my power. So, you know, are you making it up or is it a fact? Are you making it up or is it true? Got to ask yourself that question. Figure out your, you know, start listing your fear responses and then start making, start making some clear distinctions about, okay, well, if I was loving and if I was acting for my true purpose, what would I do? What would I really do? And like I said, I have this thing called the wheel of fear and wheel of freedom where the fear is your wheel of fear is your core fear. And wheel of freedom is the thing that is the pathway out every time. So just to give you an example, my wheel of freedom starts with authenticity. So for me to get out of fear, the first thing I must ask myself is, okay, if I was being authentic, what would I do? What would I say? Who would I be? Mm-hmm. And then that helps me get on track on the fearless tra- train. Right? Yeah. This, makes sense? this makes beautiful sense. If, what if somebody doesn't know themselves well enough to discern between if they're acting out of fear, or out of freedom? Yeah. I, I think most people don't. I think, um, I think that is why people come to me. They don't know. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's starting to, again, become aware and just going, OK, wait a minute. Was that the real me or was that fear talking? And really, I know from I'll just I'll go back to go back for a minute for me. It's like, you know, I, I had a I had a horrible childhood, like I, re, I referenced earlier. And I'll just, you know, just briefly share my story since I know that we're 
almost out of time is, you know, when I was uh, 14 years old, I had the horrific experience of watching and being the only witness to my father murdering my mother and committing suicide in front of me. And Raj, when that happened to me, I blamed myself because I was the only one physically there that could have stopped my father. You know, I, I didn't grab the gun. I didn't jump in front of my mother, right? I didn't sacrifice myself, right? I didn't, I didn't do anything heroic, right? Yeah. So for the next 20 years, I blamed myself. And um, I became an alcoholic. I got three DUIs, tried to kill myself three times. And if you would have said this to me back then, I would have been like, uh, no, you don't understand. Like, this is who I am. I, I really thought, I really didn't know. I, I really thought that the guilt and shame and how I'd been raised to think about myself, I really thought that was who I was. And I really thought I was a bad person because I didn't save my mother. And I lived that way for 20 years. For 20 years, from 14 to 34, I lived through the filter of you're a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. So I get the difficulty it takes to start walking a new path. Because I had to make a decision that the path I was on was miserable. Yeah. And me punishing myself for 20 years and me blaming myself for 20 years and me living through the shame of that for 20 years did not bring my mother back, did not punish my father, right? And did not make me a better person. So what I had been using in order to cope, to get through my life was not helping me cope. Yeah. Right. And I think all of us get there in however we, way we get there. And I think that's the moment where we have to decide to give up and to even believe for a minute. For, I know for me, this is one of really important, important keys for me. I had to start believing even for just a minute, Raj, that maybe I was wrong about me. Maybe I'm not so crazy. Maybe I'm not so effed up. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's hope. Mm. And how I did that, Raj, is I started keeping track of any compliment I received. I started keeping track of any good thing I did. And I did this in the beginning for 30 days. And at the end, and I, and I actually, I was so broken, Raj, at that time that I actually put gold stars on a calendar so I could literally see the gold stars. So anything good that I did, nice that I did, or anytime I got a compliment, I would write it down on a calendar and put a gold star. At the end of the 30 days, Raj, I had a calendar filled with gold stars. And that gave me just a little tiny window that maybe I'm wrong about myself. Maybe there's hope and maybe there's another way. And that started the journey, you know, the first step of me starting the journey of fearless living. Of course, I didn't start teaching then. I didn't start, for, start teaching for many years, but it was the beginning of me realizing that maybe the opinion I've had of myself for 34 years was 
not the truth of who I really was. And I was willing, I was willing to make everybody wrong who had ever said that to me, you know, and I was willing to believe something different about me. Rhonda, you are just so amazing. I don't even know how to, I like, I, yeah, you, you make me so happy. You make my heart happy. And I want to just thank you so much for sharing that um, with, with, with me and, and, and our audience. I could also listen to you talk for hours. So I, I didn't want to say anything just because you were so good at, at just what you're saying, um, which actually leads to an amazing part of the show. You have a podcast. Um, yeah. Brand new podcast. Brand new podcast. Please tell me about that, us about that, and uh, how, yeah, how we can support you, how we can just come listen to you because. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, Master Coach Mindset, Master Coach Mindset is my new podcast. And it's all about better communication, better tools. And hopefully by the time this airs, my Fearless Living podcast will be live too, because I'm going to be doing two podcasts in the next three to six months. So look for master coach mindset, first of all, because that's the first one going live. And then after that, fearless living will be going live. Um, and you can always find that at fearlessliving.org. But go to mastercoachmindset.com and you can listen to episodes. And of course, you can find me on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm going to be answering questions and sharing stories and giving tools. And whether you're a coach, it's, it's, it's geared towards um, the coaching skills and coaching mindset. Um, so whether you're a, a coach or an educator or a speaker or a leader of teams, or a manager, right, or parent, right, um, I really think that coaching skills are the key to literally just, you know, once you understand how fear works, then you need coaching skills to move through this life. Yeah. And, um, so I, I really think that I'm, I'm, I have a particular view of coaching skills. I bet you can guess, guess that. So I'm going to be sharing all, I, I really thought about this because it's like, it's like, Rhonda, you know, I'm in my legacy stage of my work and it's like, okay, I have to share everything I know about coaching. I know I have to know it's out there. So I'm going to be sharing all my secrets and, all, and answering questions, like I said, and sharing all my tools. So every week you're going to be able to get tools and skills and questions answered so that you can be a better communicator and more powerful in your own life. I love that. So we will be su supporting Rhonda and giving her and sharing all of these amazing resources with everyone on the show. So don't fret if you, uh, if you, if you weren't able to write all that stuff down, we'll have them for you. Um, Rhonda, I had one last question. I just want to thank you again for so much amazingness here. Um, one last question in the midst of everything you've been through and everything okay. you continue to accomplish and, and just wherever you're moving in life, how do you stay grounded on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis? Um, well, I start every day the same and I end every day the same. And I've said the same prayer when I open my eyes and the same prayer as I go to bed every night for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. And that's one of the key factors. You know, I have a grounding force in my life because I have a philosophy on life. And that philosophy doesn't change with the weather or it doesn't change if I'm in a bad, you know, fear has got the hold of me. That philosophy lives always. And so um, I... I anchor myself in the knowledge that I'm in the right place at the right time. And my prayer always is, um, you know, show me where to go, show me what to do, show me what to say and to whom. Guide me in every decision and every choice I make. And let thy will be done, not mine. And I am willing to do what I'm called to do. And that is my filter. And that is how I start my day and how I end my day. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful in so many ways. Rhonda, again, uh, thank you so much for being here and spending your time with us. Uh, you, you 
just shared so much that I know personally helped me. And I hope everyone uh, was able to enjoy Rhonda's amazingness. Uh, I know you guys aren't going to be able to see this video, but there's definitely an Emmy right behind her. I'm going to assume she put that there very strategically before we got well, on the you know, call. I also, want, I also don't want to forget, I forgot completely from mastercoachmindset.com. If you go there, you can actually get um, some free gifts. So make sure you go to mastercoachmindset.com before you go to iTunes so you get the free gifts that I have for you on mastercoachmindset. Perfect. Yes. And we will be sharing all these again uh, with everybody. So again, Rhonda, thank you so much. Uh, everyone, that's a wrap. For another episode of the Stay Grounded podcast, I'm your host, Raj. This is Rhonda. And from us, uh, until next time, stay grounded. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast brought to you by Java Press Coffee Company. My name is Raj, and I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to make daily happiness a priority. If you're interested in learning more about how your morning coffee can turn into a consistent source of joy in your life, visit www.javapress.com to learn how our products can help you do that and use the coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your purchase. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.